When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's been another busy news week, and we like to review the major stories of the week here on the Black Information Network. Today, we are joined by Black Information Network news anchors Alexandria Ikamoni and Mike Island to discuss this week's major stories. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome back to the show, you two. Got a lot to talk about. It's great to be back, and there is a lot to talk about, sure. Yes, indeed. Oh, yes. So let's get started. Um the big news this week, uh, a jury awards $16 million to Vanessa Bryant in damages over the actions of the first responders who shared photos from the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash. Um, Alexandria, give us a bit more about this. Yeah, so this has been an ongoing situation, of course, for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, those images that were shared around was really offensive and hurtful to Vanessa Bryant, Kobe Bryant's widow, as well as the family and friends and so forth. So Los Angeles County is actually being ordered to pay $60 million for those photos of the 2020 helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant, of course, daughter Gigi, seven, uh, six others, I should say. And a federal judge unanimously agreed to make that happen, saying that the first responders invaded Bryant's privacy and caused her emotional distress by sharing the victim's remains um, all around to multiple people. But there's also a co-plaintiff. Not many people know that it's not just Vanessa Bryant involved. She's a co-plaintiff, but there's another person who also lost a spouse and a child in that same crash. They also received $15 million. So after the verdict happened, um, Vanessa Bryant did post on social media saying the decision is, quote, justice for Kobe and Gigi. Um, And of course, she was happy and satisfied with that. Of course, you can never be completely satisfied. But knowing that people were held accountable for sharing those images made her feel a little more at peace. Sure, sure. I think this makes a a good case, too, because I've heard um, something that was kind of interesting. This might have been maybe two years ago that police officers and first responders really, but police officers in particular should uh, carry uh, insurance. And if they violate, then 
their insurance policy should kick in in the event that they need to compensate someone, right? Their insurance would kick in and then their insurance premiums would go higher and then they would eventually become uninsurable and no longer be able to work in that field. And what we're seeing is with these million dollar settlements is that ultimately this gets passed on to the taxpayer right now, as it stands right now, as opposed to being passed on to insurance companies who, as we've seen, have uh, enough political clout to uh, ensure that reform takes place because these are businesses and, you know, to interact with, you know, the federal government or even the state government, it appears as though businesses are able to do so more effectively than even citizens are. And so it's great that at least uh, there's going to be some some justice here because obviously sharing those grisly and gruesome photos of her late husband and daughter and the other folks that uh, passed away in the uh, helicopter crash is extremely hurtful. So to to know that there's going to be something done about it is is certainly um, satisfying. Uh, it just it feels like you know these people individually will just get a slap on the wrist and then back to work and then, you know, obviously the taxpayers are stuck with that bill. So we'll see what happens. Moving on, a Florida deputy resigns after pulling a gun on a pregnant woman during a traffic stop. I saw this video. Mike, give us a bit more about this one. Well, the video's uh, pretty horrific uh, with respect to how he uh, continued to, st to yell at her. Mm -hmm. And it seemed uh, really uh, over the top and unnecessary. But to give uh, listeners a background of the story, um, uh, it happened uh, earlier uh, this month uh, when a Bradford County Sheriff's deputy uh, tried to pull over Ebony Washington. That's her name. And uh, she's from Jacksonville. Uh, what really started the encounter is that uh, she was driving 75 in a 55 zone, but she kept going uh, almost as if maybe giving the impression that she was uh, trying to avoid the officer or speed away from him. Mm -hmm. but she uh, didn't stop her vehicle. She was, uh, she put on her hazard lights and uh, she just uh, pulled into a gas station in front of a convenience store. I believe the road she was on didn't feel safe to her to pull over. Or maybe she didn't think she was in a safe enough uh, position to pull over. And so she kept driving until she saw the gas station. And uh, that immediately uh, uh, apparently set off the deputy. And he, he went on his PA system, as you saw, saw in the video, pull the vehicle over. I'm going to put you on the ground, you know, that type mm -hmm. of thing. It was just a bunch, a bunch of unnecessary rhetoric. The uh, body cam video uh, released by the sheriff's department, uh, it uh, showed if you, uh, him saying, if you make any movement, that'll be your last mistake you're going to make. And then he uh, comes out of his vehicle, excuse me, comes out of his vehicle with his gun and pointed it right at her and uh, yelled for her to get out. And this is in view of her children. I think one of her kids um, also recorded this on her phone. Mm. And um, she said, um, uh, she said the door is locked and the deputy said, unlock it. I'm not worried. I've got my gun on you. Wow. And it just kept going like that. It was, it was more disturbing was how he said things you know if if you take away what he said it it may look like a normal traffic stop you know sure. it, because there's no physical altercation the 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 main violation was what he said right, uh, right. in addition to what he did and that's what's disturbing about the video he didn't rough her up in any way it was just full of threats and yelling and telling her to shut up 
while she's trying to apologize. Uh, she tried to tell uh, the deputy that she was trying to pull over. Uh, she agreed that it wasn't the best decision, but she felt uncomfortable and scared. But he didn't want to hear that. You don't, you know, he's, I'm thinking one part of the video, he says, I don't care about the why. Just shut up. I don't care about that. You know, I think and this uh, this this video really illustrates how close a person can come to their death just interacting with a police officer, certainly a police officer who is, you know, if I'm putting it kindly, I'll say the police officer is afraid, right? There are a lot of folks do, who would say that that's outright racism. You know, if this had been an elderly white woman getting pulled out of the car, that, you know, the same thing wouldn't happen in that way. But to be kind, I'll say, we'll say that the officer might have been scared. And, you know, I think it shows just how close we are to death because if someone's yelling with a gun on you, you know, then your, your next move can be your last move. I think that we saw the same thing with the detainment of the uh, army officer, Caron Nazario, I believe his name is. Yes, I remember um, that. When he was pepper sprayed um, and he was also looking for a well-lit place off the highway to pull over. Um, just to keep everything honest. And I think that this story further shows why that's often necessary. I could name two or three times when I've had been pulled over like this. I've had to find a safe place to pull over and the officers are more angry, more aggressive. I've had guns pulled them. Never, never broken a law in my life. Well, never been arrested in my life. I don't know if I've broken a law because there's 10,000 <laughs> laws. So who's to say? But Right. I've never been arrested, but I've had the guns pulled on me before. And, you know, the only times I'm from Compton, California, the only time a gun's ever been on me is by the police. Never, never been arrested for anything. And so I think that goes to show you just how close we are to our death. Um, and yeah. and I, to I think it's totally justified her pulling over in a place that's well lit <laughs> with the children in yeah. the car to try to keep everyone honest. That's that's not the worst thing in the world, especially yeah, given totally, how aggressive uh, the officers. Exactly. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, 
even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Black Information Network news anchors Alexandria Ikamoni and Mike Island are here with us discussing this week's major stories. All right. Uh, photographer Annie Leibovitz was criticized for her photos of Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson. Alexandria, give us more about this. Yeah. Quick question. Have you seen the photos by chance? I have not. I was That's celebrating okay. my birthday, so I'm, I'm hey. this one I, I didn't know too much about. Tell me, please. No problem. Happy birthday to you, by the way. But Thank you. I'm happy we're able to put in a little bit of input here because I saw the photos mm-hmm. and I am a little disappointed. I am not going to lie, especially for Vogue and Vogue standards. I'm disappointed. So Annie, she's a white photographer who works with Vogue. She's the one who's facing a lot of the back. Backlash. First, it was Vogue who did face backlash, um, but now they're saying, oh, wait, no, it's not just Vogue magazine. It's also the photographer herself, um, and Annie's facing that backlash right now, too, of the photo shoot of Justice Kentaji Brown-Jackson. We know this is such a huge moment in history, having the first Black woman Supreme Court justice, right? We wanted to make sure she was put in the best light possible. And I mean that literally the lighting of the photo shoot wasn't done to a lot of people's expectations. They thought that um, it was very low lit. It didn't do a dark skinned woman justice with the lighting, with the cameras that were used. The location was great. I mean, you were seen, she was seen in Washington, DC um, next to some of history's most biggest moments and buildings. And you can tell that was a great location for that, but people are criticizing the photographer, Annie, for the cameras and for the lighting. And they're calling her out saying that this is not the first time that this has happened where a dark skinned woman hasn't been properly photographed by the photographer and also with Vogue as well, they have a history, according to other people, of not properly lighting and doing dark-skinned women and Black women justice when being photographed. Hmm. Um, uh, It's really disappointing to see how they turned out. It didn't give Vogue standards. It really just gave I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Just didn't give Vogue standards for somebody who pays attention to Vogue magazine, pays attention to their work. Um, it, it would have been better to maybe have somebody of color really do the work also to give that person of color credit for photographing the first black female justice, as well as they can have a better understanding of the type of lighting and the type of poses and the type of art that goes into photographing a black person, especially a dark skinned black woman. Sure. Sure. 
I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, the photos of uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson and, you know, I'm kind of seeing what we're talking about in terms of the low lighting or whatever. You know, it's, it is interesting that um, they decided to go with this and not present her in literally the most flattering light possible. All right. Another story we have is that the I saw this video. There was a Little League World Series black player who was covered in cotton by his teammates. Uh, and then there was a response from the officials which say that there was no ill intent behind these actions. Mike, give us a bit more about this story. Well, I, I don't understand the no ill intent. Mm -hmm. of uh, of a situation like that but it, it sort of illustrates uh where we are in today's world we're trying to get rid of uh, uh black any reference to black history or any type of uh i think sensitivity training may be going next who knows and the more that goes away the worse these things will get because um there there's a uh, a lack of uh sensitivity on or knowledge or uh care of what's funny uh, to someone uh, in, in a case like this. Some, some may think that uh, some type of racial humor or racial gesture might be done. It's funny. You know, it, it's done in fun. And I just think that uh, we're going to see more of this, the more uh, there's uh, a little bit of apathy toward uh, sensitivity toward people of color. And this is uh, definitely the video pretty much explains it all. But the no intent, no ill intent. I wonder what the intent was. There's no indication of what it is uh, for this uh, something like this to happen, especially when you see it on video like that. Was the um, was the black player complicit in, in this sort of thing? Was were, was he in on the joke? You know, these these things aren't explained. Um, I saw the video and. I do understand. I do get it. You know, um, I'm someone who wears his hair, you know, out loud. You know, my hair does what it does. That's that's kind of how I, I run this the ship over here. So I, I come I come face to face with folks who don't interact with people who look like me or have a lot of hair uh, that is natural the way mine is. And so, you know, I do get a lot of that. Hey, I want to touch it. It feels like wool. It feels like cotton. You know, I get a lot of that. And I recognize that there is a a natural curiosity associated with something that is different and yet similar, right? I, I myself have experienced natural curiosities about people around the world. I also recognize that in this country, there's a particular sensitivity with respect to Black people in cotton, with respect to Black people in our hair, so forth and so on. So these things are more cultural. And, uh, you know, to your point, Mike, I, I do feel like in the video that I saw with the children kind of interacting, you know, they were they were just kids. I, in, in fact, I remember seeing a black kid putting cotton into the uh, black child's hair as well. And so um, everyone was having fun and, you know, that sort of thing in the video, in the context of the video. And when we look at it as people who are older, people who have a little bit more of the culture, we understand the historical context of what's going on here um, and how that could be problematic. I think that what we tend to do is hold the adults responsible for allowing something like that to happen. But in looking at the uh, video, it didn't appear as though any of the children were being teased or traumatized. It didn't appear as though any of the children even knew anything other than, hey, this cotton fits into this hair. Let's see how much we can fit in, in which is a very kid-ish game to play. 
And so I, I think that what a lot of the backlash stems from, again, is, is people's reactions online, which I won't say is unjustified because I certainly wouldn't want anybody sticking cotton in my son's hair at all. Um, and be, that's partly because I know where we come from. It is important to me to teach my child because if the kids are playing with my child, the, the adults need to have a, a different level of reverence and respect for my child. And, and so um, for me, I'd show up and teach everybody. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally understand how it's, it's very nuanced and we have to kind of take into account a lot of different vantage points with respect to this one. Um, yeah, which so brings what if it to, hadn't been cotton? Say again? What if it had been another fabric uh, than cotton? Would, would this have the same effect? Uh, yeah, it could have. But, you know, I think that even with another uh, fabric or another material, even it could have been yarn, it could be anything. The fact that it's a black person with black hair, I think that is something that, again, culturally, we are very sensitive to. You know, we were taught for many years that our hair is ugly and our hair is dirty and our hair is it's it's less evolved, you know, these sorts of things. Um, and the fact is, is that I believe that our hair is beautiful. You know, my hair strong yeah if i had hair i'd i'd say it's beautiful i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure Uh but you know this is power you know i wear this every day power real power and uh it's not the sort of thing that um i really appreciate folks making light of you know yes like like i'm samson with mine you know so i get it um (laughs) i get it i understand uh and also, I, I, I try my best to recognize that there are some people who don't. And that's OK. You know, everybody gets one. Everybody gets a, deserves an opportunity to learn. Um, and so um, I try to keep that at the center of the narrative at every at every step along the way. And there's some people that should know better, of course. But, yeah, I, I again, I would never want to see that happen to um, uh, some children with adults watching because that feels a little bit more sinister than just kids playing. And so that's, that's, that's what I'll say about that. But again, that brings me to um, the next topic. And I think our final topic for today, um, a recent poll finds that most Americans believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. So Alexandria, I want to hear from you. And then Mike, I'd like to hear from you as well. So Alexandria, start us off, please. Yeah, so almost three quarters of voters think the U.S. is heading in the wrong direction, which is a very large amount of people. So this was an NBC News poll that showed just over half of the respondents are, quote, more worried that America's best years may already have been behind us. And a third think that the nation state will become worse over the next five years. So I don't, of course, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know the future, but it was just really shocking to see what people think and how they feel about the current state and where we're headed. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I think it crosses racial and political lines as far as wrong direction. It would be mm-hmm. easy to say that uh, the majority of white Americans or Republicans or, or any other group uh, feels that more than the other. I think it's a combination of things, as we can see with the uh, uh, critics that have come up against uh, Joe Biden, mm-hmm. whom have been black in uh, recent weeks. Uh, criticizing him on a number of things. So I think that uh, it's probably more uh, universal as far as uh, the feeling that the country is going in the wrong direction. I think you can ask uh, white, black, Republican, Democrat, go down a line of them. And I think they'll, they'll probably be uh, in agreement with that. And the wrong direction, 
if someone were to ask me what you know what makes it go in the wrong direction you, you immediately think of the economy uh, the things that affect you every day, you wake up and you, uh, you're facing, you know, $4 gas, things like that. It's going down now, but uh, for the most part, the summer uh, high gas prices, just the inflation going to the uh, grocery store, things like that. Uh, that's a wrong direction for a lot of people because of the out-of-pocket, uh, daily out-of-pocket expense. And then you've got the racial strife uh, going on and it's increasing. And that's another concern. That's the wrong direction as well. Absolutely. You know, there's um, it, it, it feels like everyone is a victim. Um, and, and perhaps, you know, in some instances, that may be true. There's uh, a large movement of our Caucasian brothers and sisters who feel like they are being replaced. Huh? It's a yeah. real thing. You know, they really mm-hmm. feel that way. And then, of course, there are. You know, black folks have have a very long standing fight with inequality in this country, economic, political, criminal justice system, you know, housing inequalities, you know, that that that's a very long list. And, you know, in recent times, we've all had to come up against our versions of realities uh, as it relates to everyone else's. And where who is being prioritized? And again, everyone is the victim. If the if you know, and to make it more political, if Republicans are in power, and they have the House and the Senate, and they have you know the White House and the the courts, then they'll blame the media. Uh, and if you know the, the Democrats are in power, then you know, then they're going to blame you know the filibuster. You know, everyone's a victim of something. You know, so everyone's a victim. In, in their own minds. And so naturally, and I'm not going to say whether or not they're right or wrong. Um, I have my personal thoughts on who's right and who's wrong, of course, but I think that mentality in and of itself could lead to the, the numbers that we're looking at, the poll numbers, which finds that most Americans believe the country's headed in the wrong direction. So, you know, I always remain hopeful. I don't believe there's any reason to wake up tomorrow if you don't wake up with a little bit of hope that tomorrow is going to be better than today. And so while we might be headed in the wrong direction, hopefully everyone still believes that, you know, there's a a change is, is coming and, you know, our, our, our next move is going to be our best move. And so hopefully we, at least here, we remain optimistic in this community because that's kind of our, that's our key to, that's the key to our success so far. That's kind of been what has fortified us on this journey. Um, you know, it's in the, our black national anthem. It's, it's, you know, it's a part of our genetic makeup, the fabric of our culture, et cetera. So, you know, I, I do believe that we are a resilient people and we will remain hopeful and it'll be interesting to see how things unfold moving forward. But I want to thank you both very much for your insight. Once again, our guests today are Black Information Network news anchors, Alexandria Ikamoni and Mike Island. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us Monday as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. 
BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.